Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 275th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by those sexy legends over at Audio Technica, and those also equally sexy legends right here at 8bit.net. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit, and joining me today... My podcast ride or die. The Swanton Balm to my twist of fate. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. Miss Ellie Hart, how the bloody hell are you? I am pretty good because of my apparent very well-known love of Jeff Hardy. Shout out to just everyone out there that tagged me, sent me like all that stuff about him coming back into the wrestling ring. Uh, it was great. I, I got a lot of tags in it. So I got to watch it quite a few times. Apart from, yeah, everyone just unanimously going, Jeff Hardy's back. Ali, look, it's your boy. <laughs> I think yeah. the other thing that cracked me up was obviously for, for minor spoilers for those that might care about what's happening in the world of wrestling. wrestling. Jeff Hardy's non-compete with the WWE has ended and he's officially signed with AEW and he made his debut this past week. Uh, he ran in to to help his brother Matt, who was getting you know um, attacked by by a group of ruffians in AEW. But I think the part that cracked me up the most was like when when he's like the the Hardy Boys theme song blasted through the speakers and the crowd popped, mm-hmm. and Jeff runs in, but he had time to dance on the stage before running in to save his brother who's getting bashed. Like he had a quick dance, and he's like, "Oh shit, my brother's in pain. I better keep running." Like the dance halfway through to the run in absolutely made me lose my mind. But it's it's good to see the Hardys back together again. Yeah, it's always good when they kind of do their you know their their comeback. Um, was it WrestleMania? I can't remember which oh, WrestleMania Oh, yeah, WrestleMania was. a couple of years ago. That's one of my favourite returns in wrestling history. Like, that pop at WrestleMania there in the big open-air stadium, it was huge. And watching that over, I watched it again a couple of times this week just to sort of see it. It just gets... You get real goosebumpy every time because the crowd are just erupting. You can see how happy the Hardys are and it's just big moments like that in wrestling is, is what makes wrestling so good. And that was great too because New Day was trying to kind of like juke the audience making them think that they were the ones and then it just kind mm-hmm. of popped. It was it was great. It was great. Yeah. So, you know, all the best to Jeff and hopefully he's got all his stuff in order and he's able to, you know, make the Hardy boys work again and be the dream team but I'm, I'm not gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna like, bet any money. <laughs> that's, that's it. Like, he he's fighting with his his inner demons constantly. That man, like he's a very yes. talented guy, and the the long term injuries and discomforts that no he's probably walking around with on the daily from the bumps he's taken probably lead to some of those addictions and, and shortcomings that he that he deals with. But yeah, you just hope that this might be the time he finally gets straight instead of getting done for DUI or drugs or you know this cycle that he's in yeah. because. Yeah, the, the rumors churning that like of the last time he got done with DUI when he was still at WWE, they said, we'll, we'll cover your rehab. We want to get you sorted. And he sort of said, no, nah, I'm good. Stick it up your asses. And that's why he left. So you worry because you don't want to see people in pain. 
No, you don't. Especially like victims of the, well, I'm not going to say victims, but like, you know, he sacrificed his body a lot for the WWE. He was quite the showcase and he's like, you know, high flying acts is what, you know, got him his name, got him his popularity and obviously put a lot of uh, butts in chairs just to see a TLC, to be honest, especially with the Hardy Boys in it. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just hope he does well and stays healthy and happy. That's it. That's it. And it was it was funny, like that <clears throat> that debut in AEW, like that's the first time him and Sting have been in the ring since their uh, fateful heavyweight title match at Impact years ago, where uh, Jeff rocked up to the pay-per-view main event, inebriated like mm-hmm. times a million and actually had to like call the mat, like they pretty much just jobbed him out in two seconds because he was too messed up to perform and it was a was a whole thing. So yeah, hopefully he's he's got that in check because... Yeah, addiction of, of any substance is not a not a good thing, and and hopefully they can they can keep that under control, and he can have a long healthy run there and a long healthy life. But we'll see. But it was just cool to see him and his brother back in again, and hear that same stock Hardy Boys intro track. Like that's the funny thing. That's stock music that's available for anyone in the world to use. That Hardy Boys intro. It's not owned by the WWE, so that's we could play it as our podcast intro if we wanted to, and uh, be well in our rights. But uh, yeah, hearing that. That sexy bass line just roll in. It just gets people off the seats immediately. Mm, we are the Matt and Jeff Hardy of podcasting, aren't we? We are indeed. I've, I've got like, I don't have one giant sort of white or grey streak like Matt Hardy does these days, but I've just got little ones. So uh, maybe I need to start going, delete, delete more in the, in the podcast when bad news pops up. Maybe that'll be my thing for now. And I'm happy to have no rhythm and thrust dance all the way down to the... <laughs> He's got great mood. Like, he makes it work, he doesn't makes it he? Work. He makes he does. it work. He does. Uh, you, you can do it in rhythm, though, because, you know, you're, you're a trained dancer. You know yeah. you know how to how to move. So you can uh, show Jeff the right way to do those little hip thrusts and the little, you know, finger gun points to the crowd as they love to do. <laughs> oh, God, now I need to watch me some classic, like, Hardy Boys. Yeah, you've you got to get the fishnet stockings on the arms. I get had into it. them when I was young. <laughs> So did I back in my backyard wrestling days. Back when I was a uh, Yeah, but speaking of wrestling, I think perfect segue. I have been playing WWE 2K 2022. <laughs> Thanks to those legends over at 2K for, for slinging me a copy on my Xbox Series X. And mm-hmm. boy, howdy, is this a return to form for the WWE 2K franchise as a whole? It looks phenomenal. It plays great. The roster, I think, like, it's it's in excess of 120 wrestlers on this roster. Mm. Don't read the fine print that potentially 30 or so of those people no longer work for the WWE but are still in the game. Uh, you know, that's a whole nother story. But deep roster, deep modes. You know, you've got your, you've got your GM mode. You've got your, your singular superstar mode where you want to try and ascend up the ranks. You've got, um, you know, faction modes. You've got, obviously, then your... your your exhibition styling where you can create whatever singular match you want, whether it be one-on-ones, tag teams, Royal Rumbles, Hell in the Cell, you know, all the cavalcade of of matchups and, and crazy uh, crazy stipulations that, that professional wrestling is known for. Mm. But the presentation, it's super clean. 
the the button mapping as far as how you how you fight do moves whether it be striking or uh, grapple moves real really smooth and intuitive it's only a handful of buttons to do um an assortment of moves so it's not not in depth as far as becoming a master to the to the game and mm. like you can feel pretty pretty at home pretty quickly like picking up the controller i haven't lost a match yet just just saying a humble brag aside but uh yeah, it felt good. It was, it was pretty touch and go. I, I nearly lost with my uh, my own creator wrestler against The Rock at WrestleMania, but uh, yep. ultimately took him down. I managed to kick out of a rock bottom and people's elbow and, uh, yeah, stole my way to victory after walloping him with a chair a few times. But uh, you know what? Suck it, Rocky Maivia. You had it coming. But uh, it's really good and, and sort of that creator, creator mode, you could say, because there's mm. like so many subsets. You've obviously got the, the mainline wrestler you can create, but then you can obviously customize their entire move set. You can customize their entire intro. Yes, you can then customize uh, the videos that they play. You can make your own custom videos. So if you want something particular pay- playing on the Titantron, you can have that going on. So you can literally make yourself in the game. Obviously, it's got like um graphical import options so Mm -hmm. like i've started importing some of the 8-bit logos which then i'll put on like uh you know some of my entrance attire and i've started to try and find some good photos of my tattoos because you can import that in and you know do like skin wrap so it can start to look more like you i haven't nailed the the facial import yet to then try and make it completely like you uh that's 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 a whole nother journey that I'm going to undertake this weekend. So for now, I've got like loose likeness in the face, but not exactly, you know, but hopefully I can nail the, the facial import and, and make it more true to reality in that regard. But mm-hmm. it's so fun. It's so fun. And it, it's sort of just hitting that nostalgia itch of growing up playing SmackDown vs. Raw and, and you know, WWE No Mercy back on the Nintendo consoles and stuff like that. It, it feels like teenage me again playing this game but obviously with a a much sexier coat of paint like the roster the, the character models look stunning on the xbox series x for really one really good and they move great the the moves themselves look fantastic and just the the animations whether it be yeah those intros or you know reacting to getting hit and the the, the collision detection it's all just like it's really really good it's a ton of fun it's it's actually quite gorgeous. Um, my husband bought it. Um, he yes. w- watched all the reviews <clears throat> and he like read a bunch of things about how amazing um, this like this game was because you know let's be honest it hasn't had the the best run of previous um, previous entries. So he bought this one and there's the sequ- like little like intro sequences and such of just the game where I'm pretty certain it like it goes from in game to real life footage and they kind of like recreate real life footage in the game engine and like kind of like transition between the two and the it's almost so the game looks so good that you almost can't even tell when that switch happens um and i that honestly got me because like the the character scans that they've done the faces are just like incredible like absolutely immaculate like um obviously some of the older uh wrestlers that are no longer with us not looking as clean but um still like the overall game looks gorgeous um we didn't get too far because as you said you can kind of customize our intros and entrances and like we spent the entire night making kane do sexy dances so (laughs) (laughs) 
And why would you? Why like wouldn't you want to see the big red is- machine? Thrust his little a big red wave machine his around. hips around. Yeah, no, um, that's pretty much how we spend the night. But we um, we usually do a thing with wrestling where we create our own monstrosities and then we fight each other. So we still have and to you kind of you can that. make like you can go obviously full photo realistic and try and make it look exactly like yourself or like you just touched on. Well, I did you say can go the other end and just make these things nightmare fuel as far as crazy appendages and just really blow out how the faces look and the body and and you can make it look as warped and twisted as you like and it's cool that you can go either end of the spectrum yeah exactly so we'll probably be playing some more wrestling on the weekend this weekend maybe if we have time and uh get through that character creation thing because that's gonna take some time it's deep it's deep and and the cool thing with the factions mode is yeah you can create a faction with a group of online friends and then you can go to war with other factions so so you can have your stable of wrestlers and then you can compete to be i guess the the best stables in the land which is which is kind of fun and then there's obviously singular matchmaking online so you know we we could play against each other and stuff like that really deep the soundtrack is is really thumping it's got a lot of um current day radio rock you could say you know a lot of machine gun kelly and stuff like that and then on the back of this they've already announced all the expansion packs coming between now and i think right through past june Mm -mm. uh where you know ronda rousey's on her way machine gun kelly's on his way uh logan paul is in there Mm -hmm. rob van dam cactus jack and all all up i think it was another 30 they announced stacy keebler gotta gotta mention she's making her way in those giant legs I went looking for Gangriel, but couldn't find him. Yeah, he's he's too busy filming porn, I think, still. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's still living his best life. So so power to him and the Brood. But yeah, it's it's super fun, and it's great to see this franchise rise from the ashes. Because as you said, Miss Hart, the last few entries into the WWE wrestling world uh, have been pretty shitty, and mm, this blah, is blah, blah. a real return to form, and it's super fun. It's yeah. it's scratching an itch, especially. After, you know, we've been playing more Elden Ring this week. Uh, it'd be <sighs> tough. I am, I'm nearly at level 55 now. Oh, you know what? I don't even know. Been grinding out. <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still a bit squishy. Like I've mm. been leveling up that intelligence. So I have become a bit of a glass cannon. My, uh, my mage ability, I went and found a good staff. So now I feel a bit stronger. Yeah. But one or two swipes from an enemy and I'm, I'm kaput. But yeah. uh I'm feeling a little bit more confident. I'm being more proactive. I killed the goddamn tree sentinel, took Yay! him down, got his giant. I think it's something like I think it's called something glaive, but like the strength that I need to wield this thing is like three times the level it's at anyway. So I'm uh-huh. never going to use the weapon. But took him down. I, I went in when I was feeling a bit high level, and I fought him maybe five times in a row. Death, 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 death final victory and i was like yes i was so happy and the dogs were like looking at me like i'm an idiot as i was sort of cheering and toasting to my successes but it felt good i've been taking some baddies down and exploring the world a bit more freely it's still great it's still gorgeous i can still see why this game is so well reviewed but at the same time i also know in my bones that these games aren't for me still the more i play it like i still enjoy it but I enjoy other types of games more. And that's not a sh- like a shot to the Soulsborne games. They're phenomenal and I can really respect and admire what goes into these games. But the more I play it, the more I realize that, yeah, this isn't this isn't my yeah. kind of game. 
no i i totally agree with you like i played some more of it as well started just going down the route of like if it's big i'm not gonna fight it um and i just traveled more i just wanted to see more of the map instead of getting absolutely demolished um i tried to find dungeons but i kept on getting absolutely killed by goblins little green freaking goblins they're little bastards they are and every like i was so damn stubborn about like i'm like no i can definitely beat them no because then there was just more and then i went into this room and it was like super dark and i'm like i don't see them sitting on the ground so i went over to pick up what was on the ground and then like as i turned around i saw on the wall they were just all up hanging up on the wall i'm like oh fuck um so yeah, I've just been more like just traveling and trying to get like lower, le- lower level enemies if if that's possible. But I do agree with you. I I I'm at this stage where I see the fun in the game. I see um, why people enjoy it. But I don't. I know for a fact I don't have the patience or the skill set to actually experience this game to its fullest potential. But I can still appreciate it being a fantastic game um, uh, with a lot of qualities that definitely justifies its successes um and sales but it's just not for me yeah and and that's and that's yeah that's not a shot to from software or elden ring like it's just yeah things aren't for everybody and and that's that's this game for you and i collectively i think like we can appreciate it and and see why it's a a 97 out of 100 on metacritic and Mm -hmm. one of the best reviewed games of the last several decades i totally get it but yeah, I enjoy it, but not to the level I enjoy other types of games. And and that's fine. Like, I'll still dabble. I'll still keep pushing here and there. But with these other games starting to roll, like with WWE and we've got Ghostwire Tokyo in a couple of weeks, we've got that's Tiny true. Tina's coming out as well. Like, there's other games I'm going to shift my energy towards and know that they're going to be challenging, but nowhere near as difficult as Elden Ring. Um, you know, may, maybe maybe I need need the easier, more palatable games to, to fully reach my enjoyment level. But um, something that happened this week too, the the Elden Ring world record speed run uh, yes. was was beaten twice in one day. Uh, first was done by YouTube user Lil Aggie. He published his speed run where he rolled credits in fifty nine minutes and thirty eight seconds. Wow. But then. Few hours later, Distortion Two dropped their video on YouTube as well, and they roll credits in forty-nine minutes and twenty-nine seconds. Uh, absolutely absurd. But yeah, Distortion Two even said that that was their his first ever speed run of the game, and he reckons he could do it in under forty minutes. Like, oh, get okay. fucked. Get <laughs> okay, fucked, calm down. You like. show ponies. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially when it comes to speed running, like, like knocking off like ten minutes is. It's actually a big feat when you're getting in the competitive route, but I think we're just going to, you know, now that people know, people are kind of obviously going to be sharing routes and, you know, like tricks to knock down these times. We're just going to see it shorter and shorter and shorter. So It's absolutely absurd. Like I'm, I'm watching other people or seeing on the socials, people are doing, yeah, like, um, like no death runs and no leveling runs. Like uh, I saw Leto was starting a run where he's not going to level up his character at all he's just gonna work his way through the game at that base level oh. and it's like that is absolutely bananas like power to you that are doing these types of things but y'all be crazy like i ain't ever trying that i would fall into a heap i'd be crying my controller would probably be thrown into the television the dogs would have got thrown over the fence like it would not be a good time and i'm not gonna 
yeah, put myself through that. But the ones that do do it, power to you, but you're made different. Yeah, stronger than I am. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. And, and speaking of strength as well, um, Robert Pattinson's portrayal of the Batman. We both went and watched it between uh, episode 274 and now. And uh, I, I think... Ultimately, we both enjoyed the viewing experience. It was yeah. a very long viewing experience. Too three long. hours. Way she was slow burn. Long. Yeah. But avoiding spoilers, avoiding specifics. Very, very pretty movie to watch. I love the grittiness, the gothic sort of vibes of it. The muted color palette for the most part. And then when you do get splashes of color, it just really like popped on the screen in a few big scenes. Uh, the actors, I think, did well in their respective roles. I liked that it was more grounded and focusing more on detective side of mm. Batman instead of gadgets and gizmos and billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. I liked that it was grounded in a lot more realism. Some of the fight scenes were cool. Some of the brutality and just... It was, you know, a lot of lot of hand-to-hand combat as opposed to, you know, so much reliance on batarangs and, and guns and weaponry and stuff. It was really, really just like bare-knuckle brawling most of the time and it was really really visceral as far as and brutal as far as some of those hits that old bats was landing but overall i really liked it i like the direction matt reeves is going with it mm. i'm excited for more obviously we've got the two television spin-offs with the penguin and gordon um announced and coming to i think i can't if they're both for hbo i know at least the penguin is i'd assume I, both I'd would assume be they'd have to both be yeah yeah but uh overall i liked it I'd chuck my 8-bit approved stamp on it. Uh, but, Miss Hart, what about you? I'm a little bit more critical than you, but um, I think that usually goes without saying when it comes to the <laughs> DC franchise um, and especially Batman, it seems. Um, overall, when it comes to, like, lumping in all the Batman movies together, this one is probably more higher up on my list um, in enjoyment. There's a lot of things that kind of really like bothered me in in it. Um, obviously, the long run time. Um, though I kind of, kind of mentioned, I think it was to you. I said that um, for the most part, it didn't feel like Gotham. It felt like New York. Um, mm. I, I never once felt like they were in this, you know, comic book universe. I just felt like they were in New York most of the time. I didn't like that Batman's music theme sounded like Darth Vader's theme. Yeah. Um, it got me every single time it went off. Um, and then there's just like other little things that kind of like bothered me, but there's no point in me going to greater detail in that. Um, I do appreciate that we are seeing, we are still seeing Batman at his early stages, but they have cut the crap on repeating themselves and focusing on all the bullshit that we know. But so they, that way we don't see all the gadgets. We still see, you know, rough around the edges, Batman figuring his shit out. Um, failing, stuffing up, using equipment, you know. Um, so that was great. Learning about what he's, what he should be doing and all that sort of business. So that was awesome. Um, we saw fantastic depictions of villains from mm-hmm. the franchise. Yeah, um, totally agree. Penguin was great um, on so many different levels. They did so well with the Penguin and I actually really did enjoy the Riddler. I It was a little cringy at times where you could see that they took elements from both Saw and the movie Seven. Um, but in saying that, um, the payoff at the, for me, the payoff at the end was perfect. It was what I would want, um, for that character in particular. So I'm trying not to spoil it. Um, so yeah, like I, I still say it's a bit approved because there were a lot of little, like I said, like little pockets of perfection that I really, really enjoyed, but amongst it, you know, 
mixed in with the long run time that kind of kind of like aggravated me a little but those little pockets of perfection were great so i I like that term pockets of perfection because yeah there were a few sections in this movie where i was just in awe of everything going on the the acting mixed with the the cinematography and the soundtrack and and then just the overall themes that were rolling out in front of our eyes it was Mm. really really well done And, and it's cool to see that dc allowed matt reeves to sort of follow his own vision and and do his own interpretations with these characters like you mentioned the riddler and just knowing that the most recent live action adaptation of the riddler obviously we got jim carrey's perfect uh you know run as as edward nigma yeah but seeing him completely have the flip script uh the script flipped (laughs) as far as the the interpretation in the batman Mm. was really cool um i like that they went this more yeah, real twisted and horrific and grounded pseudo psychopath serial killer. Serial killer, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the best. It was look. awesome. And it fit in with the tone. There's a lot of things in there, um, in the movie, where you can just tell that Reeves and people involved were paying attention to Batman comics and that they were trying to reference and get right. So, and that's the part I really respect. Um, and not, not the like, you know, main run kind of stuff a lot of like um offshoots so um i the thing that i take from this as well is that talking about the series um because they did the villains justice and because everyone knows i love the villains in dc Mm -hmm. the most and batman the most um i'm kind of excited with like how future villains are going to be depicted and you know how how they come across so pretty pretty excited for that me too me too and uh the fact that the Gordon offshoot, they've since sort of uh, had some quotes jump out into the media where they're saying that the the Gordon series, it's going to be focusing a lot more heavily on Arkham and some of the, mm. the verbiage thrown around is that it's going to like be akin to like a haunted house to a degree, I guess. So it's going to lean into some of the atrocities of that place and probably really dive deep on some of those more twisted and unique villains from the Batman universe. So yeah. I'm excited for that. And then Penguin probably going to be a little bit more grounded in reality and lean more into the the world of organized crime and exactly, stuff. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I like that they're probably going to be very different in tone. We're going to probably see some stories intersect and characters cross over, but feels like they're going to be two very different things to watch at the same time. Yeah, I anticipate that these um, series are going to be much like what um, Disney kind of did with the series that we're currently watching where you kind of they, – they fill a lot of middle space – so mm-hmm. I assume that these TV series that they're going to launch is going to probably fill a lot of middle middle space and, you know, details in the middle for the, I guess, the next Batman movie that will come along after. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, long runtime though. So uh, empty your bladders really before the movie starts because I had to peel off to, to go to the bathroom. Or use the app. About two thirds uh, through. Run Pink. Is it called Run Pink? Is that what the app's called? It's, I think it is. And it yeah. tells you where the best downtime is to, to, to do pee, a bathroom yeah. break. Because, yeah, yeah I'm, I missed apparently some good uh, some good Batman penguin scenes while I was uh, off at the bathroom. But it happens. It happens. You can't control your bladder. Well, you can, but. You know, sometimes it just gets to a level where you got to go. Yeah. Um, you've also uh, checked out Our Flag Means Death, I see. Oh, such a good show. <laughs> so sweet. So funny. Such such easy watching. Um, I got an ad for this um, 
just randomly and just everything in a uh, Taikawa Reese Darby from uh, what, Flight of the Clone Chords was his best known thing. He's in the lot of- and then Jumanji. You'd say is probably oh, the other Jumanji. other big one. Yeah, yeah, but you know this this show has it, it's it's about a rich set way back when of pirates and everything like that. But it's this like rich, you know aristocratic you know guy who's sick of his rich fancy life and he decides to go out and become a pirate and he has no clue what he's doing he hires a ragtag you know group of you know people to look after his pirate ship and then like just like craziness ensues with him also working with like Blackbeard, who is Taikoa, by the way. Um, so, Which is great. Yeah. It's, and it's just, it is such, it's got a lot of people in it that you may recognize from other things, not necessarily crazy A-listers, but like a lot of people maybe in the comedy scene that you would maybe recognize, but it's such sweet, goofy watching. And they've already released, I think, six episodes right now. I'm watching it on HBO Max. I think you guys might be able to watch it on Binge. Maybe? Correct, yeah. Binge, binge or Foxtel if, if you still got the box at home. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, our flag means death. It's it's a great, simple, funny watch. It's such a, like, there's such daggy things in it. And, um, but it's been so good and I've really, really enjoyed it. So I've been recommending it to a lot of people. Am, am I right or wrong that the character, the, the, the main character, it's it's a real, like, it's yes. based off a real person from history, right? Yeah, I don't know if they share the same name, but he, he gets referred to as the Gentleman Pirate. So because he, because he, he, there's a lot of things that he refuses to, you know, kind of give up of his original life, which, you know, fancy clothes. He, his, his quarters are decked out with, you know, a, a library of books and fancy clothes clothes and you know nice silks and stuff and he pays his staff like he pays the crew you know regularly and yeah so it's it's so yeah it's just great the gentleman pirate yeah i'll have to have a look i I saw it pop up on um on my sort of recommended on on my apple tv and i'm like yeah I'll, i'll give this a look and then there was some press that i saw in the morning on like the morning show this week where they where they had reese on and sort of talking the show through and showing a couple of couple of clips i'm like all right yeah i gotta i gotta check this out yeah the episodes aren't long either so you know it's not like a long commitment kind of thing it's just something you know fun to kind of throw on yeah something that i can't decide if it's fun yet i started watching just as some background filler this week as well um a new one that's dropped in in march called the guardians of justice on netflix have you seen anything about this have is it does this go between like animation and yeah okay yeah. so i've i've seen a trailer for this and i was like oh so i'm not i'm not sold on it but i'm not against it either yeah so so it's done by by adi shankar who is best known for i guess you could say that the bootleg universe so where he's done the 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 one-shot films about stuff like uh power range you know he did the the series oh. trailer with james Vanderbeek. He's done a James Bond one. Um, he's done an End of Pokemon. He's done Judge Dredd, Venom, The Punisher. So he's done this bootleg universe. And obviously, as far as other Netflix stuff, Castlevania developed that for Netflix. He's doing Assassin's Creed. He's doing the the Blood Dragon um, remix. He's doing uh, Devil May Cry. He's even signed on to do a Hyperlight Drifter Super television busy. show. So he's tied into all the um, all the video game adaptations for Netflix. And then he's produced a, a, a ton of great movies. Like he did Dread, which I really like. Uh, he did. Oh the wait, Dread. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he I produced that. that 
yeah and and um yeah the gray machine gun preacher so he's he's got sort of a style as far as what he does this uh guardians of justice it's it's a parody of of all things from uh dc and marvel uh diamond dallas page plays the lead yes nighthawk in this so that sort of sets the scene i think pretty well as far as ddp playing nighthawk who's the the older grizzled parody of batman hmm. and and yeah it, it transitions from like 80s sci-fi neon fever dream to animation to video game to everything else in between like it is it is a feast for the senses watching this thing and and some of the actors and actresses that are in it like christopher judge plays the american president nicholas e newcomb uh denise richards plays laura lois the 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 wife of uh marvelous man who i guess you could say is you know the superman equivalent in Mm -hmm. this um and then there's a whole host of other characters that, that come in um, as the equivalent of, you know, the, the Justice League versions or the Guardians of Justice as they're called in this. But it's just this pulpy, violent mess of a thing. But I kind of like it. Like, it's not the best and it's not going to win any awards. But it's just so rough and crusty and... Crusty. Ugh. Like, it's, it's really gritty and, like, you know... The acting is is not the best, but it's it's just a crazy, crazy portrayal on the screen. Like jumping from yeah the the cartoon animation to to video game to to sort of real life again and back and forth, and it feels like you're you're watching. I don't know. I don't know what you describe it as. Like you know, like the trauma movies. You know all yeah, those sort yeah, of. Yeah, it, yeah. It's sort of like that type of vein as far as the the tone and how it's shot. Like. Lots of violence, lots of blood and guts, lots of uh, exploitation, lots of just like, it's just really dirty and messy, but it's it's been good background filler as I've been, you know, editing and doing other things. So yeah, The Guardians of Justice, there's um, seven episodes available right now on the old Netflix and um, yeah, old DDP <laughs> making his way to the screen and uh playing nighthawk he even does a diamond cutter like his finishing move on no somebody way, really in a oh. battle um it's it's absolutely bananas and yeah like is it the best no but it's it's literally turn your brain off and watch it because it's just bright lights violence sex titillation crazy actors and, and starlets that you've seen over the last decade just playing yeah. rando cameos in this just weird ass bootleg universe and it somehow kind of works like the satire of the main dc and marvel worlds coming to coming to the fore here in uh, the guardians of justice it's it's interesting and i i kind of dig it i kind of dig it yeah, I, I, I could see why there's this weird appeal because I feel like just from watching the trailer, I felt the same of like, this looks cool, but then it also doesn't look cool. So I might try to watch it, but if it's too outlandish, there's a really good chance it may not grab me, but it yeah, looks it, cool. It's, it's out there. But yeah, just from just from a cinematic standpoint, just seeing it sort of transition between these worlds as far as animation, gaming, 80s sci-fi, current day superhero tropes, and it just blends to this crazy thing called the Guardians of Justice. It's it's fine. Like, it's not the best thing I've watched this year by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But it's just so out there that it sort of 
holds my attention because it's just so bonkers and so unpolished compared to everything else. Like we go from talking about how beautiful and moody and, you know, tense and atmospheric the Batman was. Yeah. And then you see this, it's night and day. It's 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 a big juxtaposition. And uh yeah, it's it's interesting. And I like Adi Shankar's stuff. And this is just more insanity and yeah. DDP and, uh, you know, everyone's 90s crush in Denise Richards running around in there. Yeah. So, uh, huzzah. Huzzah. Um, anything else you want to shout out that we've been up to this week or shall we uh, keep keep rocking and rolling? Let's get to the, let's get to the good stuff. All right. Uh, some quick housekeeping. ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. If you wanted to support us monetarily for the low price of $1 per month, you can do that right there. Get you exclusive access to perks, early access to content, and just you know helps keep the literal lights on here in the 8-bit studios. If you want to get some merch, obviously shop 8bit.net. Get yourself tees, hats, hoodies, and everything else in between there. But let's move into this. This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news, Gotham Knights finally has a release date as announced this week on Twitter. The long-awaited game will launch on the 25th of October of 2022. Gotham Knights is the next game from Warner Brothers Montreal, the team behind Batman Arkham Origins? Arkham Origins? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that spun me out a little bit. Yeah, Batman Arkham Origins. It's an open-world action RPG where rather than playing as Batman, players will take on the mean streets of Gotham as Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, and Red Hood. A beta for the game was allegedly seen on Steam a few days ago as well, so perhaps that is also on the way. So, uh, Gotham Knights, 25th of October, 2022. It's coming. Um, Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I mean, we are... You know, all victims of uh, you know our games being delayed constantly, even having an official announcement of t- you know date. Um, I reckon that if this beta thing is real, then that will truly tell us then what the actual release date of this game will be. But I'm excited for it. I'm actually looking forward to this one. It looks. Who good. are you going to play as? Because we can roll as a squad of four. Mm-hmm. Who are you laying dibs to? I've completely for- it was it was more the play style. I've completely forgotten who You're gonna go Nightwing? You're gonna go Batgirl, Robin, th- or Red Hood? I think it was Red Hood, but I can't be certain. It's either gonna be Nightwing or Red Hood. Okay. Okay. Well no one wants to be Robin. N- not big on Robin. I might <laughs> no play, I might play Batman. Say, no one wants to be Robin. <laughs> I'm gonna be Batgirl then. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to some some squad based uh action rpg with that real grounded realistic combat which you know the movie the batman really sort of took and had nods from the batman arkham series as far as how batman moved in in fight scenes and stuff which i really like so we'll get more of that in gotham Knights. so uh it's exciting especially on the back of the suicide squad getting delayed into 2023 yeah at this stage so it's nice we're still getting a little bit of a dc gameplay coming our way at the back end of this year true starting to pad out the back end especially that holiday season we don't have a ton of games confirmed but at least we got gotham knights at this stage rolling in then so that's cool fingers crossed the next headline i've titled catching them all comes with a price And uh, a man has been sentenced to prison after admitting he lied to obtain a COVID-19 disaster relief loan and then went on to use that money to purchase a rare Charizard Pokemon card. Vinath 
Udom Sine from the US state of Georgia was awarded a COVID relief loan after he claimed to run a small business comprising of 10 employees. However, after obtaining the cash, a tidy $85,000 US dollars, Udom Sine used 57,789 of it to buy a first edition shadowless and holographic Charizard card with a 9.5 gem mint rating. Having pleaded guilty to one account of wire fraud, Udom Sine will now spend 36 months in federal prison with no parole. In addition to this, Udom Sine has been found $10,000 in order to pay restitution of $85,000 following the conclusion of his prison term. Udom Sine will then have to serve three years of supervised relief. COVID-19 disaster relief loans are issued by the government to help businesses struggling to survive during a pandemic not to use for trivial collectible items. You don't say. Philip Weiser, acting special agent in charge of FBI Atlanta. This sentence highlights the FBI's commitment to aggressively pursue anyone who would abuse taxpayer dollars and divert them from citizens who desperately need them, end quote. <clears throat> so where is the Charizard card now? Well, clearly, Udom Sine wasn't going to get to keep it. Instead, it has been handed over to his prosecutors. <laughs> Elsewhere in the world of Pokemon cards, a rare Pikachu Illustrator card was recently purchased for an eye-watering 900 thousand us dollars making it the most expensive pokemon card ever sold to date so many things so holy guacamole old vinath (laughs) udam sine uh, creates a fake business says he's got 10 employees gets a heap of cash and then decides to buy a charizard minted 9.5 what the heck there's so much wrong in this story that like i can't even begin to start like like how was he able to apply that easily with no evidence exactly Um, and then like then how was he discovered does that mean that they were chasing down people or they were trying to fight like follow up on papers or something or paperwork like is that how he got discovered or did he get dobbed in um and then just the other stuff about taxpayers dollars should be given to people and not you know spent on frivolous stuff but that's just another can of worms that we won't get into but this is crazy. Like, how? Did, how? Why? Why did you? Why? How did yeah, the, you? Think? The fact that he made a fake business somehow, the government then acknowledged that yes, you do have ten employees. Like, I wonder if the ten people he listed were either real people or if he just made names up. Like, Maybe, yeah. You know, what's the vetting process that the government went through to go? Okay, Mister Udom Sine. Yep, there's your business. Pokemon, Collectors Anonymous, whatever the hell it's called. There's the 10 staff. Here's your money. Like, it's crazy that it not only got to that level where he went through those gates, got the money, got the card, and it sounds... Maybe maybe they flagged it. I'm assuming, obviously, he paid for this thing through a, through a bank transfer. Maybe that was where the flag was, where maybe. he's never made a purchase above X amount, and then, then he's suddenly spending you know nearly uh 58,000 US on a Pokemon card they've sort of said um I beg your pardon young sir and it probably went through that way and that's how they got him but it's absolutely nuts that um you know it just shows how clueless a lot of government bodies are oh yeah because if this person got away with it lord knows how many other people got away with it oh yeah he got away with it hundreds of cases of people doing the dodge like you hear it over here as well with the, the tax benefits and stuff that the businesses have done here in, in Australia where they could claim these COVID 
uh, disaster payments and relief payments and then mm. not push that money down to staff or use it to offset their their you know taxable um, overall income so they make more money come tax time. like it's it's so fucking dodgy that the fact that the government props up the big businesses for one in these situations but then it's also scary to know that if you know just enough to skirt around the rules and know just enough what you got to fill in these documents you could get yourself a portion of money and, and try and buy a, a highly rated Charizard card. Also, also the other, you know, on the other foot of this whole story is just how much people are paying for these bits of cardboard. Yeah. I, I really need to get access to my, my OG Pokemon cards at home because... You really you could be sitting on a gold mine, Miss Hart. Could be. Unfortunately, I didn't. I never put them in a, a in sleeves. sleeves. Yeah, no. They, they're sitting in a Tupperware box. Uh, well, hopefully it was nice and sealed and airtight. But legit, you could be on. You could be sitting on a hefty, hefty bit of Johnny Cash right there. It's a thick. It's a stack this big. Oh. Yeah, especially if it's like the see, Gen see One that cards. Audio listeners. <laughs> yeah, the the stack she showed me on the cam here was maybe four inches, like a quarter uh, quarter pounder size. <laughs> That's more Big Mac, I think. You reckon? That's Big Mac. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Big Mac. <laughs> There's the metric. That's the metric. About a Big Mac height worth of Pokemon cards there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could be sitting on a, a little gold mine there. I have to find out. Mm. But I, I can't talk. Like, I'm looking off off camera now to piles of cards that I've got and purchased and things. So I'm, I'm, I'm no innocent uh, victim in this. That's for sure. Oh, no. Victim's a dumb word to use. I'm, I'm, I'm not free of judgment in the world of buying cardboard for for no apparent reason apart from that it looks pretty or I want it. But. Mm. I'm certainly not spending, uh, yeah, nearly um, 58,000 US on a Charizard with money that I have obtained illegally from the government, that's for sure. But uh, each their own. <laughs> if you can afford the money to, to you know, be, be offset or, you know, in some people's minds wasted on things like that, power to it. Just as long as your bills are paid, you, you've got a roof over you and all your family's head and you've got food on the table... Do as you will with your disposable income, Get unless disposable. that disposable income has been grabbed illegally from the government. Yes. Yeah. Um. A, a much more positive note regarding putting your income into something in comparison to uh, Vinath Udomsine, Um <laughs> Itch.io are doing their thing to support to support Ukraine, and you can too. So available for a minimum donation of ten US dollars, you can pick up nearly a thousand games with their latest bundle, with all proceeds being split between two charities, International Medical Corps and Voices of Children. The former provides medical assistance in the region, while the latter is a Ukrainian organization that supports children coping with the horrors of war. Of course, you can always pay above the $10 minimum. So I've just clicked through onto the live link as far as um, yeah, ish.io showcasing where we're at. So yeah, there's 733 different creators thrown their games into this bundle um their goal at the moment is five million mm. it was four million yesterday because i checked this before i went to bed last night and they've raised over 4.1 us uh, 4.1 million us dollars so far wow. Two hundred ninety thousand people have contributed so far and at time of recording there's still six days and eight hours to go but once this comes out there's going to be around four-ish days left to to do your thing there so um we'll put the link in the show notes there just click on through 
you're not only helping and contributing to a great cause, but you're also, uh, you know, getting a ton of games there that then you can pay forward as well and, you know, yeah. share with other people. You, you don't have to take all those, you know, nearly a thousand games and, and archive them and whatever else, share them out. Like I wanted to try and buy a couple of versions of this and we'll work out how I'll, I'll try and buy multiple and we'll just, we'll just chuck them out to everybody because there's a lot of great games. It's for a great cause, 991 items, including video games, tabletop RPGs, books, and more. Of these products, over 600 have never been available in a major bundle before, with several prominent developers and publishers signed up to itch.io specifically to be in this bundle, which is fantastic. The sort of statement reads on the listing, we stand with Ukrainians and with all the people around the world who despise war. And some highlights of games that are in this bundle include Celeste, unique FPS Supershot, Retro Action RPG Crossword, Puzzle Game Baba Is You, The Adorable A Short Hike, Music Adventure Wonder Song, Skatebird, and plenty, plenty more. So oh. uh, yeah, check the show notes as you're listening right now. 10 US dollars is all it's gonna gonna cost you to get all these games and you can help make it make a difference and uh yeah, stand with the people of Ukraine and um, yeah, show that you don't stand for war because it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, that shit's fucked. All right, moving on to the next bit of news here. I'll tell this one. Get ready to act, boy. I don't know if I nailed the tone there. It felt pretty it. good coming out. I think you did well. It felt pretty good coming out. Maybe it's the uh, the um, the, the scotches from last night <laughs> and the beers. That have made me a little bit more more deep in tone today, but uh, yeah, that boy felt pretty good. All right, so that is obviously in reference to Amazon Prime Video potentially looking to expand their video game TV series lineup with none other than a God of War live action series. According to Deadline, Prime Video is in talks with PlayStation to adapt God of War as a live-action TV series. The Expanse creators and executive producers Mark Fergus and Hawk Ospi, as well as the Wheel of Time producer Raf Judkins, are all looking to join the adaptation. If finalized, God of War will join The Last of Us and Twisted Metal as the latest PlayStation exclusives to make the jump to live-action TV not counting some of the other flagship games adapted for the big screen like Uncharted and the upcoming Ghosts of Tsushima movie. However, The Last of Us is headed to HBO, while Twisted Metal is set for Peacock. But God of War won't be Amazon's only video game adaptation. Amazon Studios is currently developing a Fallout TV series from the creators of Westworld starring Walton Goggins, and a Mass Effect TV series is also set for Prime Video. So, God of War coming to the small screen. I'm down for this anything from that world and it's like, like there's so many so many errors and time periods they could focus mm. on like would this go back to some of the original early playstation generations games or would they sort of just retcon a lot of that and focus on the playstation 4 and subsequent god of war ragnarok release coming out and just focus on that world i don't know but i'm down for it like casting is going to be rough yeah, who's going to play Kratos? It's such a, as you displayed, like it is such a prominent voice and a very key um, key factor in the character. So uh, not to mention finding someone, I'd say tall and built. Yeah, and, of that stature. Yeah, so it's, it's a big, big shoes to fill. Like the, the low-hanging fruit is Jason Momoa. 
that's the low-hanging fruit right there. I think he's big. He's got a bit of deep tone. He's got a beard. You could shave his head. No. I, I know he's got beautiful hair. Don't get me wrong. Like, but I've seen him with short hair going back to his, like his Baywatch days of all things. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I just, that. yeah, no, 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 no. I, but I he could make it work. Cause no, he's a big boy and he's, he's handsome yeah, and he's rugged. Don't know if he just shave his head. <laughs> Maybe they just put a prosthetic over. Hide his or hair like under, a under, cap, under a skull cap. All that hair cap, under yeah. a skull cap. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. He's, he's the first one that comes to mind for me because you wouldn't have to do, outside of cutting his glorious locks or hiding his Which glorious Which is very locks. important. Yeah, but he'd it, it, it make that role work. Like, you're right, but no, not bald. Mm. But I'm excited for this. Like, this, <laughs> I feel this franchise would work on the screen. Like, you're already seeing the successes and the hunger for shows like Vikings. It'd be shot like that, have that same gritty tone, primitive, violent combat, but then you dial it up with a bit more fantasy involved. Mm. Uh, it, it needs to be a mature tone, though. Like, you oh, can't sort of yeah, water it down and make yeah. it like an M. This has got to be visceral and violent and gory. It's Amazon Prime. They'll they'll, they'll let it, you know, be gory. But, like, uh, the, the story, like, where they're going to follow... Um, this is definitely going to be one of those things. Well, though they did it with Witcher a little bit, but like the key character is the main focus in the game and the only story that you care about. So you don't really get to expand too much out on any other like side leading characters. So it'd be interesting Mm. to see what they do. Yeah. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be upset. Like if they do like blow, blow that world out a little bit more and focus more on, on the actions and what led to, the, the the Greek gods downfall and then obviously we've got Norse gods in I was gonna say in the recent games. Like you can go a whole heap of different directions is how it's gonna weave in and could be some cool storytelling um involved in that. And yeah, interesting. Interesting to see and, and yeah, like the fact you mentioned Amazon's attached, they'll they'll throw some big money at it and the production value will be big time if this thing does get off the ground. So uh we'll see. We'll yep. see. But uh a good wave of legit video game adaptations to screen is on the way and uh, I'm excited. Yeah, it should be interesting. Very interesting. All right, and the last bit of news we're going to be covering on this episode of THG on episode 275, everything announced at the latest PlayStation State of Play. So uh, we had PlayStation's first State of Play for 2022 run this past week with a focus on games coming from Sony's Japanese partners. And um, I've got all the headlines as far as what was showcased here. We might dive deep on some and then skim over another because there was a good smattering of announcements. Uh, The first one, my heart was so excited (laughs) for two seconds and then it got stomped into the mud. And uh, yeah, Capcom has revealed Exo Primal. And that's coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 in 2023. So Capcom baited me so hard with some Dino Crisis vibes. Like this is, you know, anyone that's listened to at least two episodes of The Hunger Gamers would probably hear me talking on those two about how much I want Dino Crisis back. Mm. And they baited me with the character that looked just like Regina from the game with the short bob red hair i'm like what the fuck here we go and then they go no it's exo primal where (laughs) dinosaurs are coming through bizarre ass like portals and just like 
like pouring into the world and then you're jumping into uh, like these little mini mech suits. Mechs, yeah. And then you're fighting off waves or hordes yeah. <laughs> of dinosaurs. Like, okay, like because there's dinosaurs involved, I'm going to try it. But this game didn't excite me at all as, as a dinosaur fan and as a, as a fan of the sort of co-op horde survival games like it's hitting some notes i enjoy but i was just so sad that it wasn't dino crisis and it felt like seeing this character with the red hair felt like a big middle finger to fans of dino crisis yeah and the game just looked dumb it looked so fucking dumb i definitely think they were they did it on purpose they were they they were doing something for reason um this whole like uh game of dinosaur horde mode working together as a team to stop these like hordes and masses of dinosaurs how isn't this this a game like this released maybe not last year but perhaps the year before and i don't no, think it, it was, did well it was last year it yeah was last it was year? called it's called like um extinction or something benny and i played it for a hot minute yeah so it was okay but this just looks dumb yeah so i yeah choices choices it looks like and it like it felt like anthem with dinosaurs (laughs) there was a moment where i was like oh anthem yeah and i don't i don't get it like maybe it's gonna be stupid fun to play and Mm. it could be great but as as the resident dino super fan I was just like, oh my god, this is so stupid. But you know, Capcom's involved, they make a good game and it looked pretty, but the fact that there's just all these dinosaurs spewing out of these portals from the sky and yet somehow they can fall like 200 feet and not die from the fall for one, Mm. which was one thing that annoyed me. But there was just a gajillion dinosaurs running at you, all all this cannon fodder as you're cruising around in a mech and (laughs) naturally these, these suits... You know, you, you've got, you heard all the accents. Like it, it felt like the tropes from Pacific Rim where it's like, you know, there's there's the Asian group, there's the Eastern European group, there's the Australians. Like it's like, let's just bring in all these accents and zany characters and have dinosaurs. Like it works in its own stupid way, but Exoprimal did not get me very excited, Miss Hart. Just yeah. made me sad. Yeah, me either. All right, uh, we got a new trailer for Ghostwire Tokyo. See, that's coming out on the 25th of March. I'm keen to play this. I can't wait to sort of experience it. I hope it's going to be good. I feel that Tango are going to deliver a good game here, but uh, the trailer, yeah, it, it didn't upset me. I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into this world and see what it's all about in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I'm more just disappointed because originally I had the vibe that it was going to be like a horror game, and now it looks like it's just kind of maybe ventured a little bit away. Like, I'm sure that like there's things in it that people find scary, but just... Overall, I, it's not essentially the vibe that I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's certainly starting to lean more into first-person action shooter type mm. of vibe instead of more edge of your seat, going to poo your pants because it's so scary. Like some of the <laughs> some of the enemy models do look scary, but it feels like yeah, tonally it's going to be more um, edge of your seat sort of breakneck spa- uh, pacing instead of like trudging around scarily. Um, as if you would be worried that everything's going to kill you. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll have more in-depth opinions in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there's a new demo available right now for Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Boy, is it. That's the the game that is tying into the, the Souls genre, uh, getting built out by Team Ninja, who most recently did Neo. 
Uh, the game is coming out next week as well. So uh, if you wanted to sample it before you uh, pay your pay your pennies to buy the game in full, Which you might want try to. the demo. For warning, it's not getting the most positive press out there. No. But like, I don't think I've ever seen it get positive press. Every time I've seen someone play it or show something from it, it's been very rough around the edges, weird voice acting dialogue like and a lot of chaos oh my goodness the stuff that i've seen online especially like in the last day of people playing the demo or whatever it's just some of these dialogue options and acting is like i can't say acting because it's not the voice actor's fault they're doing the best at what they got but it's great some like just see it there's there's a scene someone put a video out of these people grouping up and it's because they all have a rock it's great like <laughs> Well, it's good to see they're bonding over something, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes when the official release start to uh, bleed through in the next couple of days. Mm. We got some uh, new gameplay shown for PlayStation Five exclusive for Spoken. Obviously, Forspoken was just delayed this past week as well, from the twenty mm. fifth of May back to October the eleventh. The game still looks interesting, and I'm curious to see how Frey, the, the main protagonist fits into this world like obviously it's it's that isekai formula where modern day person ripped into a fantasy realm yeah but just the, the tone is still just a bit off from it like it looks stunning like it looks yeah, really it looks pretty good. yeah i'm, I'm, I'm interested I'm not yeah i'm not sold on it so. but yeah the tone the tone's just sort of a bit uh bit jagged for me like it's a bit jarring but mm. we'll see. We'll mm. see. We'll, we'll get more of that. Uh, Gundam Evolution has had a Western release confirmed with network testing incoming. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that was that was originally renounced for Japan. But, um, yeah, Western release is expected at the back end of 2022. It's a 6v6 competitive online first-person shooter featuring the giant mechs you'd expect from the Gundam name. That's going to be launching not only on the PlayStation suite, but obviously Xbox and PC as well. Cool. Fine. Um, not my I'm thing. not a Gundam head, but I know a lot of people that are. Mm-hmm. Uh, TMNT, the Cowabunga Collection, announced for 2022 as well. Uh, this was a newly announced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collection, which features 13 classic games, including Turtles in Time. Oh. They've shown a trailer which had, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tournament Fighters, the arcade game, Back from the Sewer, Fall of the Foot, Fall of the Foot Clan, The Manhattan Project, Radical Rescue, and The Hyperstone. The game is coming to all consoles later this year. So 13 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games all bundled into the one Cowabunga collection. You keen? Uh, I probably won't, but I love that there's going to be a new generation that gets to experience Turtles in time. So great. So goddamn hard, but so great. Mm. Anyone that could finish that game on like one credit or token is <laughs> bullshit. Tokens <laughs> and credits. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kaiju Brawler Gigabash is coming this year. So if you're a fan of Godzilla Destroy All Monsters, you'll probably like the footage of Gigabash that was showcased during this state of play. Obviously, you're seeing big giant four-player battles between kaiju monsters mm -hmm. looks like good dumb fun you yeah. know anyone that played like rampage that's, in the 90s yeah, that's what I was this thinking. is the the next evolution of it for show. yeah i love big beastie battles uh the next one jojo's bizarre adventure fighting game is coming this year you can play as 50 different characters from that universe um yeah jojo's all-star battle r 
Uh, we only just got a quick look in the trailer that shows off all the personality and wackiness from the anime. Uh, but yeah, it's coming to all major platforms at the back end of this year. Mm. Okay, like I didn't know that there was enough of a fan base to justify a full game on... I know a lot of people love JoJo's. But would they actually... Yeah. Yeah, and, and we talked about this before we recorded. Like, we've both watched a small handful of JoJo's, the anime, and it just doesn't doesn't gel for me. Like, it just yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, it was surreal. For me, personally, it was hard to find whatever the overall vibe is. Like, there's, like, elements of seriousness and elements of wackiness to it, and I just wasn't able to, like, kind of grasp onto that, essentially. Plus, they killed a dog. Um, Assholes. Yeah. And this sort of fighting game, like, the design choices, like, I understand they're trying to hold, the like, what JoJo's really known for is the, the style and design of that anime. But the, like, the, the cel-shading Borderlands style seemed, cheapened it. Is that what the word I want to use? Cheapened it? Like... Yeah, I, I think that's a fair way. Like, it sort of lessens some of the impact and the slickness of what you see in the anime. Like, it is stunning to watch. Like, I'm not, not going to downplay just how much of a visual spectacle oh, the anime yeah, is. Yeah, the anime looks gorgeous. This is why I think I wanted to watch it and like it because I just love these larger-than-life characters that you see people post from this anime. But, the, yeah, the, I don't think the game did it justice. Yeah, it, it felt like it was a little step behind the, the anime as mm. far as, yeah, the, the delivery and the, the quality, but we'll see. Like, it's coming out the back end of this year. Big, big roster, 50 different characters, and mm. maybe maybe the fighting community is, is hungry for this. I don't know. My finger's not too heavily on the fighting community pulse. I don't know if this is something they've been, they've been calling out for, but we'll see. We don't mm. have to wait too long till it drops. Uh, we got a new trailer for the Black and White Samurai Adventure Trek to Yomai. This game looks so pretty. That's look um, pretty, yeah. Homage to the samurai films of yesteryear and uh, looks so great. Coming coming in, um, you know, US Spring to the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Really slick and intense one-on-one sword-based combat. And then there's some uh, platforming exploration elements in the game too. I'm excited to play this. Oh, this one's on my radar. I, I don't think it's going to be something I'm going to rush out to play, but definitely if I like, have access or have time to play it, I would be kind of interested because it did look like they were um, trying to grasp, yeah, the to the traditional um, samurai films and like how they're shot and try to kind of recreate those shots, but to be able to experience them in the game. So uh, it's very curious. Very curious. Um. Some news that I think got many, many, many people Mm. excited out in the game space. So, Returnal Ascension campaign co-op update is coming later this month. So, (laughs) obviously, PlayStation 5 exclusive Returnal uh, done by Housemark, getting a big free time update. The update brings two-player campaign co-op to the game as well as a brand new survival mode about scaling a tower, taking out waves upon waves of Returnal's enemies as you go. And it's coming out on the 22nd of March. So, uh, you know, time of recording, that's in 10 days. But um, it'll be, yeah, just a little over a week once this episode has dropped, when this uh, Ascension expansion is dropping. And co-op campaign, that would make it so much easier for me and countless other people to uh, get deeper into this game. Because, my God, does it punch you in the face hard. Yeah, and then you get to experience a torture with a friend. Yeah, some people love that. 
you know some people do maybe you guys can play it in um some kind of sex dungeon who knows but uh yeah returnal ascension Game coming out on march 2022 so uh get hyped for that square enix announced also a new strategy rpg called the dio field chronicle uh it's a brand new strategy rpg coming to not only playstation 4 and 5 later this year but also the switch xbox and pc it's a fully 3d take on the strategy genre and the trailer set up the story of the three kingdoms the game will focus on looked interesting like i'm not a big strat guy me either but it looked interesting and and i took notice and i know a lot of people out there are are keen for it and are probably going to dive in but I don't know if it's day one for me. Like, that's not a shot to the game, but it just didn't sort of check my my boxes I'm looking for. Me either. Definitely not my kind of thing. Yeah. And then the final announcement of the show was Valkyrie Elysium. It's coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 in 2022. The game is a new entry in Square Enix Valkyrie profile series, which hasn't seen a home console entry since 2006 Valkyrie Profile 2 Silmeria, way back on the PlayStation 2. Got a very quick look at gameplay, which showed magic and sword combat against a variety of beast-like foes. The inner, the inner weave in me saw this and went, mm, okay, <laughs> I could, uh, I could play some Valkyrie Elysium at the back end of this year. It uh, certainly scratched my uh, anime itch, or my uh, manga itch, or just my general weebiness mentality. That's for damn sure. It definitely confused a few people. There was a lot of um, speculation when the trailer was being like shown live that a lot of people thought it was going to be some near. But um, yeah, like I mean, it looks all right. I I have no attachment to the franchise, and it doesn't look like my kind of thing. But it you know should please those that do enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I haven't touched any of the the previous uh, games from the Fal- uh, the Valkyrie franchise, but this one, I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe I'll give this a look at the end maybe of the year. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to dive on in and um, drop my magic and sword. Sweet combat. I, I love me some 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 anime esque inspired insanity. So uh, yeah, Valkyrie Elysium closed it out. Overall, I felt the state of play was was okay. Uh, the big misdirect at the start really pissed me off. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that that exo primal really annoyed me, and that was pretty unanimous across social media. There's a lot of people where they were like, "It's oh no, it's not Tiny Crisis," and then just yeah, it was I don't know. But it finished it finished strong. The the Returnal co-op campaign I think was probably just about the biggest takeaway from the whole thing, at yeah. least from my perspective. But yeah. It was cool that they did a bit of a focus and a showcase on, yeah, the the Japanese devs and Japanese-inspired uh, games and content that's coming out. So, uh, yeah, more of these. We've got a um, Xbox um, ID at Xbox showcase come up this this yeah. coming week as well. So we're going to get a bit of Xbox indie love hitting the uh, the internets for for in time for episode two seventy six. Yeah, and THG. I think Wholesome Direct announced that they're planning something soon too. So I love the indies. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And that uh, weaves nicely into... New releases and events. Uh, apologies for the misdirect from last episode where I said that we'd have the spoiler cast out for Horizon Forbidden West. That is going to be coming out this coming week because we're actually <laughs> going to be recording it this afternoon. Australia's oh. John O'Peck took his sweet-ass time in finishing that. So if you want to point your anger at someone, send it to at John himself because I've been ready for nearly two weeks now. But anyway, <laughs> it's coming out. We've also got some new Bytecast episodes dropping this coming week as well. We're going to see the debut of Miss Ali Hart in the Bytecast studio talking all things sweet and tasty. Mm. 
as far as new TV coming to streamers, there's nothing new debuting this week, but there is continuity to a lot of the mainline shows that we've mentioned and, and touched on. So more episodes of stuff you're familiar with. I've checked what's coming out of the cinema this week as well. Nothing really new and big and noteworthy um, mm-hmm. to check out there. A few little indies and bespoke films that uh, that are popping out, but none of the big uh, Hollywood heavyweights. Mm-hmm. As far as games though, uh, Grand Theft Auto V, so the, the next-gen edition for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S dropping this week. Phantom Breaker, Omnia coming out, The Cruel King and The Great Hero, Paradise Killer, Tunic, Anno Mutianem, Anno, oh, Anno Mutationem. Jesus Christ, that's that terrible. Was, yeah. That's a terrible name for a game. Anno Mutationem. Monster Energy Supercross number five, Persona 4, Arena Ultimax, Shredders. And the game we mentioned that has a demo out right now, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. <laughs> so a very diverse suite of games there. Yeah. Some highly touted, some less so. But uh, yeah, plenty of games there to keep you busy as we uh, move towards Ghostwire and uh, Tiny Tina at the end of this month. Yeah. But uh, yeah, plenty of things to do. Plenty of things to see. Plenty of things to play. And let's jump into... This tweet of the week. And this tweet comes via way of at Ikumi Nakamura, who can be found on the socials at Nakamura193. And she says, happy to announce my game studio Unseen, which um, I've clicked through to check the, the Twitter account to this. And they've actually flagged the at Unseen Tokyo, which yeah. is the uh, official Twitter account for her new studio, the, the page has been temporarily blocked slash disabled. I don't know what's happened there. But um, yeah, the studio Twitter handle, at Unseen Tokyo, is currently in limbo. It's, yeah, it's, it's flagged as being like having suspicious activity on it. So I don't know what that means. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not great for when you're trying to announce a studio. <laughs> yeah, but obviously for those trying to play catch up, um, Ikumi Nakamura was the... Uh, adorable developer that was working at Tango. Uh, and she was, I guess, the face of the debut for Ghostwire Tokyo yeah, a couple of was, years ago. Yeah. She uh, she highlighted that at, um, you know, the digital E3 a couple of years back now. And she's since gone on to create her own studio, Unseen. Nice little trailer just sort of, yeah. uh, I guess, outlining the mission statement as far as what they want to do. But it's exciting to see another studio, um, you know, be created in front of our eyes here and uh, I guess we'll see some of her works in the next couple of weeks with Ghostwire and probably get a little bit of a potential understanding of, of what Unseen might be might be up to in the coming years. Yeah, I definitely watched the video. It's probably one of the more well-made um, studio announcement videos that I've ever um, watched. It was really um, beautifully put Polished. together. Yeah, put together and edited and such. And she highlights a few things in there that I think maybe a lot of people kind of overlook when it comes into the game creative world and design. So um, I'll give it a watch. It's, it's very pretty. It's not long. Um, and like yeah, I about said, 30 seconds, I think. Yeah, it's not too long. Um, but yeah, uh, it's good to see her, you know, going out there, starting her own studio. Um, she talks about, you know, the conflicts of COVID, designing, creating stuff of her own vision, and then also just being a mother. Um, so, yeah, um, I hope that everything goes well and the studio sees nothing but success. 100%, 100%. And, and I like that exactly what you said there, like this this uh, announcement video, it's real. It's mm. relatable. 
and I think a lot of people can watch that and and appreciate and respect and connect on on many levels as far as you know the, the rawness that's uh, on display. But it's it's really well put together, and hopefully, uh, add on scene Tokyo gets gets their uh, yeah, potential freeze up. lifted by uh, the Twitter overlords sooner rather than later. But uh, Miss Hart, Ooh. that brings us to the end of episode two seventy five of THG. Anything else you wanted to say or shout out before we uh, shut this sucker down for another week? Totally forgot to mention that F Zero X is now on Switch, uh, Nintendo sixty four classic collection, like that little excess, the little thing that they have now. So I've also been playing uh, F Zero X because that game is just killer. I fucking love that game. Nice, great music great music hell yeah hell yeah and uh, i just also want to shout out to the legend that is uh matt from audio technica it's his birthday today hey. 12th of march so if you know maddie feel free to reach out on the socials and, and send him all the birthday love it's going to be belated by the time this episode comes out but uh yeah send him a bit of love so uh happy birthday you handsome little bastard and uh thanks for <laughs> letting me feel very hungover today with a bit of pre-birthday celebrations last night but yeah hope you hope you're doing well 29 years young the young oh, squire such a, it's nice it must be nice to be so young it would be nice yeah here i am with a bad back and gray hairs coming out everywhere and uh yeah he's still in the prime of his life but uh <laughs> oh yeah that brings us to the end of thg 275 we're back again for the world first episode 276 but until next time 8-bit nation much love and stay hungry you've been listening to the hungry gamers one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8-bit collective over on 8bit.net check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice and while you're there please be sure to rate and subscribe Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.